It's Monday, everyone, and welcome to the Blitz Morning Show's Top 5. My name is Toby Brendel, and these are my Top 5 Favorites. Each week, I break down the Top 5 Favorite categories of certain things, like good video games, bad video games, television shows, movies, etc., etc. And we are already on March... 9th of 2020 a little bit I thought I'd be done with after like the first month we all we are already in the third month second week how can you beat that you guys like seriously so I'm thanking you for staying excuse me with me should really lay off on the Pepsi (laughs) and If you're new to the show, that was basically a rundown. You already know who I am, so stay with us. The one catch about this particular show, or this one particular segment, is at the end of the year, in December, I will have a Grand Master show for four weeks that will break down every item. Like, for example, worst video game of all time. I'll tell you the category, the ones that I picked, and I'll tell you the number one worst. So there's going to be one winner for each category, and this will be done in December, so stay tuned. I'm also going to release a sheet for everybody to follow and checkmark on what you think my picks are. And let me tell you, it's if you can pick 100%, you're absolutely cheating or you know me a little too well. All right, so let's move on to this week's top five favorite. The subject for today are my five top favorite cars. Cars, they're everywhere. We have favorites. We have negatives. So... I decided to pick this one just because I have so many uh, favorite cars that I thought, why not? Let's do it. Okay, first up, the 1971 Dodge Demon. Yeah. This particular car is kind of branded for me into my heart because this was my third vehicle that I've ever owned. Yes, I've actually owned a 1971 Dodge Demon. I paid $300 for it. And let me tell you, you're thinking to yourself, $300 for a Demon? Wow, that's a steal. (laughs) No, you guys, it was not a steal. Like, if you actually sat down and took a look at this car, you're thinking to yourself, $300 for this piece of crap. 100% worth it at the start. It was lime green, 318, four barrel. Single exhaust, which caught everybody off guard. But the funny part about this car is it had lime green, like five different shades. It had gray primer it had that maroon 
kind of reddish primer. There was so much rust taken out of it. Like, the trunk alone had so much rust coming out of it that the gas tank, I don't even know how it never fell. But, man, that car flew. Out of all my friends at the time, no one could ever beat that car. Like, that's how fast this thing was. And that's one of the reasons why I love this car so much. It was a piece of crap. It was... It should have never been on the road. But it could pass anything around it. Hoyman, he had a 350 in his truck. Blew that thing out of the water. There was another truck that would beat Hoyman's truck. It had a 350 rocket. Killed that. There's one night that my buddy Ernie and I were driving around. And this truck... GMC steps side, cocky as hell. He's looking, going, man, that thing's a piece of crap. Bet you can't even get up to like 40 kilometers an hour without it falling apart. And I laughed, and it's like, yeah, whatever, buddy. So Ernie leans over and goes, you should race him. It's like, he's going to kill me. Ernie goes, no, I know this car. You're going to destroy him. It's like, but I don't even know who he is. <laughs> Ernie, yeah, I do. That's so-and-so's dad. He's a cocky mother. Go out. Absolutely go destroy him. And we'll go to the bar after. After dropping the car off, have a few beers. Trust me, you're going to kill him. It's like, fine, whatever. So I asked him if he wanted to race. He said yes. It's like, okay, go on Highway 39. We'll line up. We'll take off. We'll go from there. He goes, okay. So I'm cruising. Got to the intersection, which you turn right, and that's the Highway 39. And what we're basically going to do is we're going to stop right on that highway, then go. He was in, this guy was in front. I was in the back, like behind him. He hammers on the gas, sprays my car with ab- like tons of gravel and things like that and Ernie goes go 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 it's like that piece of crap hammered on the gas caught up to him and there was a bridge a couple hundred meters from that turn when we entered into that bridge I was behind him when we left I was in front of him so I slowed down, wanted to see if the guy wanted to race again. He passes me, sticks his arm out the window, gives me the middle finger. Never seen him since. I must have embarrassed him that bad. One of the... Okay, there's really no downfalls when it comes to this particular car. Like, don't get me wrong, there were downfalls. But the one downfall is once you went faster than 70 miles an hour, the brakes did not work. You could have been standing on them, pulling yourself by the steering wheel to stop. Nothing. Let's just say the drum brakes did not stop this car. Hoyman and I, we left his house, and he was in ahead, so it's like, nah, screw it. 
And how I was driving was my hand was on top of the wheel and just, you know, just cruising. Put my foot to the floor, four bells kick in. Lage back in the seat. Boyman pulls in the left lane. Woo! Pass him. It's like, oh, here comes the turn. Look down at my speed to see what I was going at. I was doing 140 miles an hour. I started crapping my pants. Put on the my feet on the brakes. I was not slowing down. I'm thinking, oh crap. I know I shouldn't have did this. I took my column, went from drive down to second. You heard a bunch of backfires. Car lunged forward. Started slowing down. Looked down. Got it down to 80. Put it in drive. And I took a corner. Which, like my minivan, if you did 60 kilometers an hour or 40 miles an hour, you have a lean to it. I took this corner with the demon at 80 miles an hour. And the way that I took it is I went wide, cut in, into the corner, like um, where it starts, and I slid across this little uh, intersection because it was double laned. So I went right to left, slid to the right, and ended up on the shoulder on the next highway that I was turning on. Absolutely terrifying seriously I don't know how I never rolled that thing like the amount of memories that I have with this car it can blow you away (laughs) I think Ernie and I had had so many memories in that car but that you know memories that's going to be a different show maybe a different segment maybe a bonus show only time will tell (laughs) all right The next car up on the agenda is a 1980 Dodge Cordoba. Anybody who knows Dodges, who knows muscle cars, sports cars, things like that, you're thinking, a Cordoba? Really? Yes, really. The particular Cordoba that I got was a second generation it was the company's first modeled producted for that's kind of was targeted for personal luxury market and was a Chrysler branded vehicle that was smaller than a full size it was an absolute awesome car like there was no doubt about it it was comfortable you did 100 kilometers an hour It was getting like 30 to 35 miles to the gallon. Like, it was just, it was beautiful. You sunk in the seat. It was cushy. It had power steering, power brakes, cruise, air conditioning. Like, it was a great car. Any chance that somebody needed a car for a kid, this would be a great one. The only downfall is it was a 318. It was a two-barrel. And it didn't have as much power as I liked because it wouldn't even break the tires loose. The only time that it could break the tires loose was gravel 
or if it was raining. One of the best investments that I had on this car was I put dual exhaust on it. Brand new exhaust straight from the exhaust manifold to the ends, out the back, silver bullets reversed. And let me tell you, this car was freaking loud. But the sound suited the car. Except my foot was a little heavy and I eventually got an inspection ticket which forced me to change the exhaust. It absolutely sucked, but I did put my mufflers back on and let me tell you, whew, I absolutely love that sound. <clears throat> People knew it was me. There was another guy, Cam, he had an 80s Monte Carlo, gorgeous car, all white with black on it. <clears throat> he had loud exhaust. But the one weird thing is that when he touched the gas, it was incredible loud. Like, it was louder than my car in first gear doing like 40 kilometers an hour. And he'd only get muffler tickets. I get one freaking ticket, which is an inspection ticket and forced to change my uh, mufflers so I went in got it changed it was still loud I'm thinking oh yo come on but I had an invoice I had uh, the receipt everything like that walked into the cop shop they're like oh yeah you're good to go I was like oh okay whatever but in reality this car was absolutely great no road noise Except for the hubcaps, which I had to take off because, man, that was annoying. Uh, the exhaust was absolutely loud, which I loved. Best $550 I ever spent. Great gas mileage. Just absolutely perfect. I sold it to somebody else, and he messed it up just to the point where it was embarrassing. He took the back bumper off, put a trunk a little, 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 little. Redo. He took off the back bumper and put a truck bumper on it so he can haul things with the trailer hitch. It was embarrassing. Like, people would come up to me and say, your car looks like crap. You should have kept it. You know something? I should have kept it. I wish I kept it. But instead, I was stupid. Got a different vehicle. Ugh. In reality, I tell you, stupid, stupid, stupid. But the Dark Cordoba was a very good vehicle. You got a young kid, you can find one of these. Perfect car, plain and simple. <sighs> ah, the 1989. Honda CRX is my next favorite vehicle on this list. The 1989 Honda CRX was the second generation of the CRX family. And you're thinking to yourself, what's the difference? I love this car, 
But I have a story to it that will kind of make you think, um, okay, what the hell. I never really knew anything about the CRX. I've Mentally, if I go back, I can remember seeing it. But I didn't think too much of it. I just thought it was a car. Kind of brushed it off. But with the 89 Honda CRX, I loved it because it wasn't boxy. And I don't, and I liked it because it wasn't overly aerodynamic. It had that right body line work, which was enjoyable to not only look at, but to drive. All right, so the story on why I liked this car went back to 2004 when I was in Melville, Saskatchewan. My coworker Tyrell, he actually had a CRX himself. And he told me that he bought it in Alberta, brought it back. It was kind of a show car to it. Brought it around, and I'm looking at it going, yeah, it's just not my thing. But don't get me wrong. Tyrell's car was absolutely gorgeous. Hmm, fishing shack. So, whatever. Moved on. Fell in love with Tyrell's other car. One year later, I left, went back home to Wavern. Then, it must have been right around this time, my boss looks at me and goes, by the way, you have to go to Melfort. You got to run that station for at least two weeks. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Go up to Melfort. I'm sitting. I'm looking outside. It's like, I'm so bored. And there was two guys, both with CRXs. I'm not lying. One was pink and one was a teal color. I'm looking at it going, those cars are absolutely gorgeous. I don't know why it was those two cars. Tyrell's car was 100% like way better. Rims, paint was gorgeous. Bodywork was flawless. But these two cars made me look at the CRX as a car and I fell in love with it fast forward something happened I had to get a loan my uncle's nephew he came over because I was talking about cars or whatever he knocks on the door and goes I got something to show you I walk out I look, there it was, 1989 Honda CRX, beautiful condition, and he goes, I'll sell this to you for two grand. I'm like, wait, what? So we hop in the car, we took off, two 10-inch subs, amp, CD player, beautiful, sunroof, we take off. And uh, my uncle's nephew got the car up to about 180 kilometers an hour. Slowed down, turned around, came home, dropped off. Next day, 9 o'clock, bank opens, phone him. I said, did I get approved for that loan? He goes, no, it should be approved today. I said, can I tack on an extra $2,000 so I can buy a car? He goes, well, we usually don't do that. It's like, it's one of a kind. 
I will even go talk to my boss at the Shell, see what I can do. He goes, okay, okay. It's going to take you a little bit more money, or a little bit more money. Restart. It will take a little bit more money. Ah, God dang it. It will take a little bit more money per month, but I'm pretty sure it won't be an issue. He goes, I said, deal, do it up. So, two hours later, get a phone call. You've been approved. Come get your money. I talked to the boss. The boss says, yes. Went to the bank. Got my two grand. Called up my uncle's nephew. I said, dude, I got your money. I want that car. So, next you know, car pulls up, hand the money over, I get the keys, boom, I owned a 1989 Honda CRX. But here was the catch the guy who got my loan approved wanted to see this car. He did research on the value of the car, he shows up. To get gas, he looks over and goes, is that your car? It's like, yep. We both walk over to it. I show him. Uh, there was engine work done to it. Cold air intake. The stereo in the back. He looks over and goes, you got a massive steal on this car. I said, why? What do you mean? He goes, it was usually more than just three or $2,000 for this car. In this condition, you got lucky. It's, like, it's who you know. So I drove that car as much as I could because I it was, what, July or August? So it was like three more months and it would have been winter, so I had to go park it. Because the front end, it had a front body kit. It was too low. So I'm driving it. Just... It was so much fun taking corners doing 50. I'm pretty sure I could take some corners at 70 and have no issue. 70 kilometers an hour. And I'm talking about corners that you should be doing at like 20 kilometers an hour. I was taking at 50, 55. Never did the 60. Wish I should have. And you're thinking, what happened to this particular one? Well, in 2011... We had a huge rainstorm, roughly about 20 kilometers northwest of us, in a little town called Yellowgrass. Well, Yellowgrass, the biggest problem is it got dumped on, and the water that went from Yellowgrass started following the highway in the ditches and just kept rolling and rolling and rolling, and eventually hit the trailer park I was in flooded it beyond like belief the girlfriend and I at the time actually had to get removed from my trailer by a boat that's how much water was in the park and the CRX sadly she was destroyed I wanted to cry. My dream car wrecked. My trailer at the time, which I owned, wrecked. Everything inside it, water damage. So, 
I had to get rid of it. And I had a little one on the way. Couldn't afford to fix it up or buy a new one. It was a dark day. Let's make it a little bit more positive. Lamborghini Diablo. It was made between 1990 and 2001. The one part about this car and the reason why I loved it so much is because it was my first real introduction to an expensive supercar. Like everybody knows the Lamborghini's uh, dollar value. A couple hundred thousand dollars. And Lamborghini also has that brand name that was out there. You say Lambo, you think expensive. But the one reason why this car has fallen deep within my heart is because of... It was so ahead of its time in the modeling of the body and how aerodynamic it was. It was more futuristic than anything else on the market. Well, of course, you had your basic, like, whatevers. I could have picked the Ferrari Tessarossa, but the Diablo was so much more beautiful, so much more crisp, so much more clean like it no word of a lie it was a beautiful car and if you could have that right color with the right color accents oh frick man you could pop a boner for days looking at this car my favorite was black with white interior gorgeous god damn it white with red interior oh I know. I didn't have a lot of facts and stuff on this car. What I basically wrote down is the time that it was produced. But I do have to say it was a very beautiful car. And it was my introduction into being supercars. Finally... The last car on my list. I've never seen this car in person. I've just seen it in video games as well as pictures. The Dodge Concept Car or the Chrysler Concept Car, whatever name you want to make it. But in 1997, the Dodge Copperhead, later unofficially renamed the Dodge Concept Car or the Dodge Concept Vehicle was a Concept 2 created by Dodge as a slimmed down version of the Dodge Viper for buyers who couldn't afford the Viper $75,000 cost. We all know those Vipers now are worth so much more money. They're like $125,000. Like, it's insane. Anyway, after the revealing of the Copperhead, Dodge received a complaint regarding ownership to the rights of the Copperhead name. A customized 1950 Ford Coupe owned by Billy Gibson of ZZ Top 
had already registered the Copperhead name. As a result, they had to rename the car. The explanation just says it. It is nothing more than a baby version of the Viper. It's was like a V6 powered with 220 horsepower. It was nothing special. But the one reason why I fell in love with this car was when I was playing Gran Turismo. <laughs> yes, a video game. I got the book, and I'm reading it, seeing all these different vehicles, seeing the pictures. Whatever. It's a video game. I played the one course that unlocked the Copperhead and I'm looking at it going, eh, okay, whatever. Started driving it. It's like, you know, I'm going to fix this car up, see what it can do. So what I decided to do was do that exact same thing. Fixed it up, customizable parts, suspension, transmission, engine, you name it. And I did it. So I started tinkering around a little bit with the gear ratios, uh, height suspension, stiffness. And the one thing that I wanted to do was try to make the top speed hit as soon as you hit the quarter mile. So it was 200, km, or 200 miles an hour exactly at the quarter mile. Fast little bastard. There's no doubt about that one. But compared to some of the other vehicles, it wasn't that fast. But the acceleration was unbelievable. Slammed it a bunch. Uh, did a little bit of sniffness in the suspension. Got to the point where it's like, okay, it's time to race. Wow, let me tell you, this little car, the way that I had it tuned... There was records that I was breaking by like 10, 15 seconds. There was an auto mini rig. The first corner, I was doing that corner with speed like two times faster than anybody else. There was one track where it was a huge straightaway, a big ass long turn. And it goes into a bunch of smaller turns. My car, you could take that, keep on the gas, and you just go right around it like nothing. There was no car that could beat it whatsoever. But the one reason why I like this car is just because of the fact it was like a mini Viper. Kind of like the little baby Viper. Oh my god, look at this little baby Viper. Oh my god, you're so cute. <laughs> and to tell you the truth, it's just so rare. I'll probably never see one or own one unless I become like a billionaire, which probably will never happen. <laughs> but it's just, it was a very unique car. And I can actually say I had one on a video game. But in reality, that's like the least of my worries. All right, so that has been my top five favorite cars 
on my top five lists. <laughs> Next week, sorry, Kim, I will get to your list. It's just going to take me a little bit longer time because I got to figure out how to do this one. But if you have any questions or comments, or if you have any lists that you want to give me, shoot me up at theblitzmorningshow at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter at theblitzmorning. Hopefully you like this one because I really love this particular episode. It had a bunch of cars that I had dearly to myself and also that I owned and drove for many, many years, especially the uh, demon I had, was it like between 96 to 99 before I actually got rid of it. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning into the Blitz Morning Show, and I will see you next week with a brand new list. Peace out.